Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dare podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find her over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? Doing well, thanks. How's the weather your way? It's beautiful out. It was nice and sunny today. It's about 64 degrees. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're currently at 43 Fahrenheit, which is pretty chilly. It's around 7 degrees. Which is Celsius. what it got down to last night when we went camping in the middle of the state, so okay yep but it's uh, chilly yeah uh you know what else is chilly is the uh the the sense of feeling between luke and uh dean especially in this episode <laughs> that was a beautiful segue i like that i feel like we should almost maybe even make a commercial out of that for like ice cream yeah or some other cool thing this uh, this relationship is as cold as ice cream uh not nearly as tasty <laughs> um yeah uh season five episode five we've got us a pippy virgin also known as the episode where luke and dean and lorelei and rory all go on a double date and it goes terribly um mostly because luke doesn't say no luke uh knows what kind of guy dean is and mm-hmm. uh which the... we've known all along yep and he doesn't take it he doesn't take any BS from from Dean, which I kind of appreciated. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Dean's still working at the Dragonfly, uh, but he's kind of avoiding Lorelai, uh, and I think they, this kind of gets noticed by Rory, who kind of they kind of ultimately agreed to like all hang out together, uh, mm-hmm. like they used to back in like the season two or so. But like, you can't go back. Yeah. Which is interesting, because I think it kind of shows that, like, Rory really does... She is nostalgic for that time in her life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So she figures, well, you know, let's let's do this. So she, we find out that Rory, uh, when Rory goes over to Dean's new place, that he's now roommates with Kyle, who doesn't have an arm somehow. I don't know if they explained why he doesn't have an arm, but he doesn't have an arm anymore. Um, and he was the one you said with the figurines and the house party. Yeah, he was upset they broke the figurines. Okay. Yeah, Kyle's. Kyle's I like that character. Life. And this and this time the character was not much. Hmm. No, he was like he was it's waiting on icky. some girls to call him back or something like that. So and he said he was setting traps, which is creepy. That was that was kind of weird. I'm like, what happened to the to the innocent Kyle who didn't want people to ruin his mom's figurines? He got corrupted yeah. by Dean, I think. That that's what I want to go with. <laughs> We'll just go with that because yeah. we don't like him. Yeah. And again, uh, if you're new to the podcast, we don't like Dean. Yeah. If you're not new to the podcast, well, it's our usual. We don't like Dean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dean doesn't really want to go on a double date, but Rory kind of talks him into it. Uh, the date is super awkward. Uh, kind of. Are they gonna bop it out? Well, like Dean's, Dean's trying to like explain to Luke. And, uh, I don't know. Like, it definitely seemed like he was coming across as pretty pretentious. Uh, like, oh, well, we got to go to Alice Pancake. Or... Sorry? Mm-hmm. I think he was, def- I think Dean was coming out defensive. Yeah. Already. Because he knows that Luke can probably read him really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, they end up going to Kirk's movie theater again one of the 50 jobs that Kirk has and they watch 
Pippi Longstockings. And, uh, yeah. Dean, uh, Dean and Rory, like, I don't know. They, they eat, like, most of the popcorn. You, re- you kind of see that, like, Luke doesn't get any right. of the popcorn. He gets a little frustrated with that. Kind of complains to Lorelai, but Lorelai, I think, is trying her best to kind of keep the peace and kind of keep everyone happy. Um, so. Well, I think this is one of the one of the drawbacks with Luke is that he reads people really well, but I think he has a hard time being direct. Yeah, and it comes across as gruff when he could just say what he needs, which can be hard to do, especially when it's a situation where you know his girlfriend's there and his girlfriend kid is there, and he doesn't want to you know make a scene, but eventually it comes out. Yeah. So maybe that's something that Luke could work on if he was a real person that would be learning how to be direct and communicating with people, communicating your needs instead of getting, being upset with them because they're not meeting your needs. Yeah. Uh, they end up going back to um, the Gilmore's place and they play this game called Bop It, which I've never heard yeah. before. <laughs> um, which is a real game. Oh, is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, Luke beats Dean, and he's uh, a sore winner about it. He's kind of, like, rubbing Dean's face in it, and Dean doesn't like that and ends up storming off, which... I well, it represents, it represents so much more than just him winning a game, you know? It's like, Luke is obviously angry with Dean with some of the choices he's made, and he talks to Lorelai about how, you know, what he's done to... Basically a laundry list of what we've been talking about, how he's just not nice to Rory. Yeah. And uh, so I think when he won that game, it was also like a triumph of who he thought Dean was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And plus, Luke, I think, has a little bit of a competitive streak, because we know that he, they've alluded to the fact that he was in sports when he was younger, right? Yeah. I think they said that. He likes Star Trek in sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, Luke even says to Lorelai at a certain point, like, I don't think Dean is good enough for Rory, which, again, right. Luke's just kind of calling it as we've all seen it. Which you kind of wonder who would be, in Luke's eyes, who would be good enough for Rory because, you know, he's seen Rory grow up. Well, I think there's one point where Lorelai says, like, who would be Jess? And you can kind of tell right. him, like, mm. and, he, and Luke's like, nope. <laughs> oh, really? Because, like, I kind of got the impression he yeah, was, like, I think contemplating he said no. it. Like, mm. No, I think he's a no. He's okay. like, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you get a little bit of Emily and Richard kind of doing their own thing. They're still not uh, speaking that much. Richard vest. Yeah. Like, Emily... I thought that was a woman's vest, and so I was like, oh, well, obviously Richard's seeing somebody. But no, it turns out it's Richard's vest. Yeah. That and he's a doing weird. a barbershop quartet with sparkly vest. And, you know, it was nice that he told Emily. That was, that was mm-hmm. nice. Um, well, and again, Lorelai steps in and tries to solve things. Yeah. Um, yeah, Emily gets a panic room, and yeah. Um, the code's 1111, because you can't figure out how to change it. Yeah. And then she gets really weird about giving out the code. Yeah, which I kind of took that, like, she just doesn't understand technology that well, and maybe she was just a little protective. like just. Well, not... I think she's anxious without Richard there interesting yeah i i took it as her just thinking like her maybe being a little unsure of how it'll work like just Mm -hmm. kind of like do i give this to somebody like how does this work stuff like that and she wouldn't give it to neighbors because she didn't trust them and you know i mean it's classic emily right 
is that yeah. Lorelai's the only one who can hold on to it. And then she's worried that Lorelai's, you know, there's somebody around Lorelai. And, you know, when the code's 1111. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. We end on a sweet romantic moment where Zach, who up until this point has still not commented on what Lane told him at the end of last episode, right, comes up uh, and says that. Well, no, Lane says that she's changed her mind, and then Zach kind of tells I her. I knew like, that was going to happen. Yeah. And then, like, Zach basically tells her that he's a little slow and he's just processing, which part of me is like, what is there to process? Like, it's not an overly complex thing. She's into you. Like, well, I-, I think that I, I give him credit for saying that. Um, but at the same time, there's also a little bit of what I would probably call some avoidant attachment behavior, which. Yeah. which you know when he knows that lane's interested he kind of backs off but the second that she says i'm not interested he's like okay i've gotta make a move yeah which well, isn't necessarily healthy no so, i i can't i couldn't tell if it, like he did it with intent or if he really is just slow but um still like uh Whatever happened to Dave? Can we get Dave back? Is it too late for Dave to come back? He's on the OC right now at the time, so no. Darn it. So you would think they could bring him back just a little bit. I mean, they left that off at kind of a weird note. I didn't know if they were actually dating while he was in college or they decided to break up or I don't know. But, I mean, I'm assuming that Adam Brody would have been on the show longer if it wasn't for the OC. Because it seemed like they had built up a good character with him. Yeah. And he was a nice fit. And and Mom liked him. And now we have... My guess is Mom is most certainly not going to be good with Zach. Oh, definitely not. And what we talked about is true. Like you said, that's part of the appeal for Lane. He's not what her mother would agree to or agree with. Because what do you see in Zach that makes you go, what a great catch? I mean, really, I don't see it. (laughs) I don't either. I really, I tried and I can't come up with anything. He's, he's oafish. He's rude. He's, he won't use coupons as we saw last episode because he's too good for coupons. Yeah. So he's not good with money management, possibly. I mean, what, what do you see in him? I don't know. He's like the new dean. To... I don't even know if he's attractive. Like, I was like, does she find him physically attractive? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, he kind of, yeah, he doesn't seem overly attractive, but. Or is it just proximity? You know, a lot of relations start because of proximity, so. Yeah. I I want to think it's because that he just represents everything that her mother would hate about who she dates, and that's what. Really well, Lane's going him. through like adolescence a little late, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. um, because her mom didn't kind of let her do the stuff that other kids did. Yeah. Um, and so I think that she, but you know, good for her that she's living on her own and managing her money and everything. That's pretty remarkable. Um, yeah. But yeah, Zach really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, she can do better. So um, that's, that's our new slogan. Zach is the new Dean. Yeah. But well, we still have Dean, so yay. Yeah. For, for We know that Dean leaves eventually because he has to go and be on Supernatural, but Zach, unfortunately, right. sticks around. We all just have to deal with Zach. So. Uh, but I will say this. Okay. If you think this is the worst Zach gets, it gets so much worse. It gets Oh, bad. really? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I think the Zack and Lane storyline is one of the most hated amongst all fans. Ugh. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so we have that to look forward to. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
let's see here uh favorite and least favorite performance favorite for me um i'd say luke i like i liked uh, yeah. luke in this episode i thought he did a pretty good job pretty of relaying <laughs> his frustration but in a way that felt believable like yeah i thought so too i thought he was pretty nuanced with his feelings of kind of disgust and then also just trying to make his girlfriend happy and then really trying to rein in his own feelings yeah i thought he did a really good job and again keep in mind like i always say this was his first acting job yeah uh and then least favorite zach by a large zach yeah hands down yeah like nobody even comes close zach wins that if it was a game of bop it zach would win like her worst acting this moment where he's supposed to tell Lane that he likes her too or whatever is supposed to be this big moment and how he handles it's like you know I'm slow and I'm like that's not romantic that's just like painfully sad um yeah so Zach's your least favorite who's your favorite I would say Luke because of the subtlety of it I thought he played a wide range of emotions really well yeah um how about favorite reference? Do you have a favorite reference from this episode? So, yeah, they, um, they're talking, uh, Rory was talking to Grandpa about, um, so you learn a little bit more about just his relationship with his coworkers, you know? So now he's working with a guy that threatened basically to destroy his business, right? So he's like, yeah, we're really nice to each other, but, you know, we'd also would kill each other or something. And um, I guess the, uh, the guy sent an email to Richard and assuming that Richard wouldn't read it. And Richard did read it, so he kind of won the battle. And um, and Rory says something like he needs to read up on his Sun Tzu. And that's that's the person that wrote Art of War. Mm. So that's a, basically a guidebook to how to do wars. Right. So uh, that's that. Yeah. A okay. pretty interesting book to read, by the way. So yeah, it's a short read if anybody wants to read it. Okay. Uh, my favorite was when Kyle says everybody lo- loves the Bionic Man, which was uh, a show that aired in the seventies. Yeah, Lee Majors. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's funny because he had he does this appendage, which I don't I don't think they ever explained how he got that. Like I know he was going into like the Marines or something like that, but I'm like, how did he lose that arm? Yeah, that was kind of kind of hidden. Yeah. I might just imagine there. Maybe like, there's a deleted scene. Hmm. I just want to imagine they're like, okay, you're you're back. Do you want to like do something fun or interesting with your character? And he's like, let's give him like a prosthetic arm and not explain any of it. Like, okay, sure. Right. Well, it's kind of like the same kind of mystery as the red, uh, black, white, and red, white. What was the name of that? Where you realize it's just like a couch that they sit on. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. kind of surreal that they're watching a movie just on this couch. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little weird. Um favorite quote you have a favorite quote from this episode the less you tell grandma the better and um lorelei's like finally rory you're catching on to what i've been trying to tell you for years which is the less you tell her the better because Mm -hmm. you know that i think that's a common thing when when dealing with a narcissist is that whatever you say is going to be wrong or used against you so you just tell them less and less and then they get upset that they don't know all the information or somebody else has the information for them and they don't realize the reason why you're not sharing all the information is because it always comes back to bite you. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what we talked about with uh, Taylor in the last episode. Yeah. When you tell them stuff, it comes back to bite you. Um, yeah. I, 
my favorite line was when Rory says, what do you have in mind like for what they're going to do around town? Lorelai says, I'll surprise you with it, but it's a classic Star Wars Hollow slate of activities. And Rory says, oh, so we're going to TP Taylor's house again? And I just want to right. imagine that every week they just TP Taylor's house. They just no TP idea. on a regular basis. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's none the wiser as to who's TP in this house. <laughs> yeah, apparently he's not brought it up in a, in a meeting that we can find. You think he would. It's going to be interesting to see Jackson like, hold a meeting if he gets to that point, if he doesn't resign. Yeah. Which, he seems a little overwhelmed by it, but we'll see. Well, there is that kind of inappropriate, so, you know, sometimes there are mental health jokes, and he says a comment about um, all these people calling him for stuff, and then he says something about, I tried to work in a suicide, and I thought that was really inappropriate. Well, it's good time to mention who wrote this episode, and I think you know who. Oh, Daniel Palladino. Yeah. So. Oh, shocker. I know. Yeah. Whenever well, he there's didn't a... make any any body jokes, body image jokes. That's no, good. arguably a suicide joke is a much worse. Right. <laughs> Classic Daniel scale Palladino. Of inappropriateness, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Strikes again. Uh, behind the scenes trivia for this episode. Let's see if there's any. I don't think there's too much. Um, uh, oh, um, the actress that plays Emily's maid, Sarah, she did appear in a few episodes and they were trying to prove that, uh, Emily does keep her maids around. She doesn't just fire them all the time. So, oh, so she had one that stayed around for a couple episodes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I always wonder if they just kind of rotated though too. Like you have one that shows up for the daytime, one that shows up for the nighttime. So maybe they stare out. Well, longer. you think she hires like a company and they probably just provide her. Right, maids. right. And I and I thought it was valet. I didn't realize it was valet. I mean, I'm assuming Richard said it correctly. Yeah. When he talks about his right hand man, I thought it was a valet. But maybe that's... valet is like cars. Maybe that's my middle class showing. <laughs> maybe I, don't know. I, thought I thought it was valet, valet too personally. So. Right. I I thought that and, too. And I want to look up the gin in the bathtub reference because I know that's a reference to something. Like I don't know what it is. I can't remember where that where the origin of that comes from. You know, like check the bathtub for gin. Mm-hmm. I want to say that that goes back to prohibition in the thirties, but mm-hmm. I'm not totally sure. I, but now I want to look that up. That that origin of that phrase because you know that they were saying like oh check the bathtub for the gin and the maid actually says she's gonna go check it and like or like you know it's just a saying. Yeah. I think it has something to do with prohibition. Mm-hmm. Uh, any mental health observations from this episode? Yeah, just the thing about, you know, with, with narcissists, you got to be really careful what you tell them because it will bite you no matter what you say. Even if you think it's pretty benign, it will come back. They collect ammunition. Yeah. And Rory's learning, you know, that she does not tell stuff to Grandma. And Lorelai's like, finally, you're catching on mm-hmm. that the less you tell her, the better. But then Emily gets upset when people know stuff before she knows it. Mm-hmm. but she really hasn't come to terms yet with the fact that you know they may be withholding stuff because she uses it yeah so cool i think it's time to rate this episode what would you uh give it a score of like a 6.5 i thought it was kind of a filler episode and was okay but not one of the best what do you think yeah this episode's okay i think if anything like i like it for the dean um luke fight but even then like i don't know if it's like it, it's kind of like we we know that there's that struggle there's that fight so mm-hmm. like 
it did kind of feel a little like been there, done that. Um, mm-hmm. But I did think this episode was at least more entertaining than most. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I give it like a seven out of ten. It was okay. Just wasn't nearly as good as it could have been. Right. Well, Steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com, Gaslighting Mr. Book, and Talking Brains is her other podcast, and I'm over at threeingrenerds.com. Almost every other day, got new content going up. And with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Bye, everybody.